0: hello everyone you are listening to an encore presentation of the word in the hill podcast with the lanky guys we will be back live with a brand new episode next week and until then keep us in your prayers
1: you're by my perfect fire my perfect life hello
0: everybody do you know there's podcasts out there that just start their podcast normal
1: no they don't they do that's a lie people do that I, you know what, I've actually heard some podcasts that start with like a pre-recorded thing that they have every wow. single time that's like normal. I kind of like that. What if we did one of those? That'd, That'd be lame. It'd it would, be lame if we did it. It would be because then then people wouldn't have to fast forward anymore. <laughs> anyway, this is the Word on
0: the Hill. We are the Lanky Guys. My name is Scott
1: Powell. My name is Father Peter Mussel. And we're back with a brand new show. And today, it, dude, so we were sitting inside and one of my favorite things that ever happens okay. is... When it's colored with sunshine rain, yeah. Oh, you, it's my favorite. And so we were sitting inside and we were having a meeting, and and everybody yeah. was like, "What is that?" Yeah. And it's, Wait, when? Uh, like this wasn't uh, today. Uh, like twenty minutes ago.
0: Oh yeah, that. And I and, was there. and then
1: we had a discussion if people were like milking cows on the roof or something because it's because <laughs> it was so sunshiny and beautiful that there was no way that it was having a profound downpour. And <laughs> they were big drops. They were really big drops. I mean, they were like they were like. If if this was dubstep, they would be dubstep stars because they were having big drops.
0: I'm a little embarrassed that I don't actually know what dubstep is. I know the term that's been
1: used a lot, but I don't really know. You <clears> can tell something's dubstep yeah. if it makes this sound: wah 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 <laughs> is that it? Yeah, dude. That was actually, if somebody wants to remix what you just heard from us, we no. we are don't demand royalties just hearing what you've remixed for us. We don't demand royalties for very good reason. Dude, I think that they should do an auto-tuned version of Lanky Guys.
0: I don't think they should.
1: <laughs> who, who is they, by the way? Dude, dude, just, nobody cares except us. Dude, there's some dude who's sitting in his house right now and he's like, oh. oh, oh, oh. You know,
0: I've gotten to know our listeners and I think that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I think your listeners take on the corporate personality of the hosts, which is weird.
1: That is that is like really kind of... Well, so you're all a bunch of weirdos out there. I was reading in a, in a thing, a hundred things that every designer needs to know about human psychology. Okay. And it was talking about how when a, when people are listening to speakers, that their brainwaves actually coordinate with the brainwaves. No, waves. they don't. Yes, absolutely. Really? This is, this is scientific study, man. And so, in fact, actually, we mind meld on the podcast, every time people get to embrace the mind.
0: So, guys, we're all in your brains right now. Well, no, we're not in them, but
1: I mean, we're co- we're just coordinated. We're just syncing up brain. So, brain sync on three, two, one. What am I thinking? <laughs> what am I thinking? How much of an idiot I am?
0: Wrong. I'm thinking about horses. Let's start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we oh, are <laughs> in the 19th Sunday in ordinary time
0: and for the 19th Sunday we have our first reading coming from the book of first Kings chapter 19 verse 9a jumping over to chap verse 11 to 13a that's a complicated one
1: yeah that's like a lot of a's and and jumping and a- stuff. you know you know why I was doing that is because it synced up with your brain and so it needed to jump like a horse Good one. That was it. Yeah, did you see no, how that goes? I in, did. That was We're getting... into Psalm 85. Okay, Psalm 85. Um, we start with 9, then we go to 10, then we go to 11, then we go to 12, then we go to 13, then we go to 14.
0: That's and, it.
1: And just in case you were wondering, the response comes from the verse 8. So, I mean, it's really just like eight, Psalm 85, 8 to 14. Did you say the verse 8? Did I say the verse 8? The verse
0: 8. All right. The second reading is from the book of Romans. Chapter nine verses one
1: through five. You know what the problem with the Romans were? Um shoot. Um they couldn't stay in one place for a very long oh, time. That's terrible.
0: What do you call a sleepwalking nun? <laughs> what? A Roman Catholic. Oh. oh that's laffy taffy right there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude. Then after we get in from the second reading, we um <laughs> we used to stay at the nice um uh-huh. inn of Matthew fourteen, twenty two to thirty three. <laughs>
0: There's no ins involved in this
1: week's reading. No, but there's only quite outs. the opposite. Yeah, there's only outs. Yeah, was we, it you
0: that talked about outhouses before? That was Matt, and then I just took Out-housing.
1: up. it's like it's like, hey, we're just gonna do this in house, and 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 oh then my, we're like, no, nah, man, I think we should do this outhouse.
0: Uh-huh. Ah, And then middle-aged middle middle school joking yeah, ensued. It, middle-aged ensued. Middle-aged joking. Middle-aged it's joking. A very different but, thing.
1: That, that's that's when you have to do your duty. Ah, uh, duty. Middle-aged. Tell age. me what you do do. Dude, I, I just got the double ring from um, uh, mortuary. Uh-oh,
0: do you need a Yeah. pause? Yeah. Uh, let's keep talking, everyone. We will be right back. Well, you won't notice that we're gone. So that was nothing. Everyone's alive. Everybody's alive. All right. We are, what were we talking about? The readings. Oh, yeah. The readings. So the, the 19th readings. Sunday of Ordinary Time. We begin this week's readings in the book of in the, the book in the book of First Kings.
1: It's the sport of kings, better, better than, than diamond rings. rings. Foot, football, football, football. Um, and and <laughs> in the book of Kings, we are at the Mount of Olives. Is that is that Wildcats? Yeah, it is, dude. Nice. With Goldie What Thank an obscure movie. Yeah, like the fact that you had that like, it was just so naturally.
0: How did I know
1: that? I don't know, man. That was from the depths. Well, my mom would be proud. Hey, I'm proud of your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Hey, thanks. All right. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay so th- first king. See Horeb yeah. isn't Horeb yeah. the place? Yes. Um, it is, yes. Abraham's sacrifice no, of Isaac.
0: Oh, no, jeez. You were right on it. No. No. I was well, on Mount Horeb. It? No, it's not. No.
1: No. No, man. That, well, no. I, I'm just going to stick with no. You know what the problem with the view from that mountain is? Oh, uh hor- oh, <laughs> <laughs> What? It's horrible. horeb oh. uh I've never thought of all these puns. Uh, hey, man. I'm just on it. My, my brainwaves are synced up, dude. With Not with mine, though. No. I did not think of any of this. <laughs> no. So only there's with-
0: somebody out there uh, thinking very punny jokes. Uh, d- 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 ah, punny biblical jokes. All right. Um. What were we talking about? I'm so I'm scattered. You no, are. No, Horeb. Horeb is a famous mountain that you know. It has another name. It's not
1: Mariah? No. Ma- That's
0: where Abraham sacrificed. Okay. Um Horeb. I don't know. Sinai.
1: Oh. Shana. Hold on, that makes a big difference about big the difference. whole reading.
0: Yeah, it changes everything. Dude, wouldn't yeah. change it, but it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, if if he would if he would have done it things differently, he would have gotten a shiner. Ah. Uh.
0: Do you know what Sana means? No. Burning. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that's what it means. Yeah, that's good. That's why Moses named it. So it was originally called Horeb, which I think means like wilderness or something. And he changed it to Sana, which means burning because there was a burning bush. Oh. Well, maybe it means bush. Shoot. <laughs> it's one or the other, and I'm having a weird
1: well, <laughs> well, you have to have a bush beer just in honor of that. I don't oh, know. Oh bush. Like yeah, yeah, B-U-S-C-H. It, it burns as it goes down. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying. But and it never goes out. And so it never I don't know, man. I'm just you got. I'm oh, just, the burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, you're
1: not talking about outhouses houses anymore. No. Okay. Let's grow up.
0: You grow up. I I have a I hard re- time starting into things. I know because we've been joking, and now I got to get serious. Okay, so here's the story. <laughs> you don't. That's no. The okay. Key. Here's the situation. Okay. Parents went away for a week's vacation. vacation. Left the keys to the brand new Porsche. Take it from me, parents just don't understand. <laughs> parents just don't understand by Will Smith. Everybody. <laughs> hey. We'll be here all week. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, the thing I love about our demographic of listeners, mm-hmm. they all get our jokes. Well, like half of them. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of you that have no idea what we're talking about, but there's you. a bunch of people who get our really obscure references. It's so Which happy. makes me so
1: happy. Yeah, me too. I feel like we have communion with them.
0: I feel like the people who listen to our podcast, a lot of them are people who are kind of like us, yes. which is both weird and
1: heartening. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Okay, it's kind of like Elijah and Moses. It's like not. they kind of are like each other. Oh, it's such a different they go way to saying. the same
0: mountain. They do. Okay, so here's the thing. So here, here's where we are uh, at the mount at the mountain of God, Horeb. Elijah came to a, sh- a cave where he took shelter, and then the Lord said to him, "Go outside and say." So, okay, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but we know <laughs> this one. This is this is fairly familiar to a lot of us, I think. Well, yeah, it's It's, it's, the like, whole, it's
1: that standard, like, yeah. the, how do you listen for God?
0: Yeah, so it's the whole thing where Elijah goes up on Mount Horeb. He's waiting for the voice of the Lord. It says, go outside on the mountain, and the Lord will pass by. And so there was this huge strong wind and crushing rocks, and it says the Lord was not in it. And then there was an earthquake, and then there was fire, and the Lord was not in it. And then after all these things, there was this tiny whispering voice. And Elijah heard this, he hid his face in his cloak, and there he went and he stood because that was God. God appeared in the still small voice, not in the earthquake or the fire or the crumbling rocks or all this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, which is pretty so, significant given the kind of what took place on Sinai before. Sinai. Sinai. <laughs> well, yeah, no,
0: that's true. What took place on Sinai before?
1: Um, when uh, God revealed himself and gave the Ten Commandments to uh, Moses. And how did he do that? Um, through fire, earthquake, and flame. See, here's the thing. God f- can... fire, earthquake, and flame. I have a tautology in there. But
0: here's the thing. God can reveal Himself those ways. Yeah, I think there's a spiritual danger in being like, "Oh, this is how God always." It, it's usually in the still, small voice. That's true, but God can do whatever He wants to. Now, here's the the context of this story. I think is really important. Do you remember the context?
1: Didn't He just kill a bunch of people? Eh, sort of. They just had the they, they just had the prophetic showdown. The
0: showdown. Yeah, and that. So okay. So background to this, we're in the point in, in uh, the history of the Israelites where. First Kings actually starts off with King Solomon. So First Kings is is the continuation of First and Second Samuel. Mm -hmm. So it's basically the story of the Davidic kingdom. So First Kings, the book, starts off with Solomon. Remember, he asked for wisdom. This was last week or the week before. He gets wisdom from the Lord. Things are really good. Uh, Everything starts to head downhill. He becomes corrupted. He gets too many wives and too much wealth and too much weapons, the three W's that Deuteronomy said he shouldn't have. He becomes a terrible king, and all these things begin to fall apart. The kingdom divides under his son. Rehoboam, right? There's a civil war with this guy named Jeroboam. We'll just just call him Ray. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. And it's a mess. So the kingdom is now divided. And into the divided kingdom, up in the northern kingdom... The southern kingdom is pretty bad, but the northern kingdom has completely rejected God. They've built their own temples. They have their own priesthood. They've like reshaped the the faith around themselves completely. So into this terrible cultural situation is this guy, Elijah, who is convinced that he is the only faithful person left in this whole miserable kingdom. And he's like, everybody's terrible. There's so much sin. Nobody's worshiping God. Am I the only one who has faith? And God basically calls him out to go and be a witness. And one of the things he does is he has this showdown, like you said. So there's, uh, I think it was 450 priests of Baal, who is one of their major gods up in the north. Yeah. And he basically says, okay, let's have a competition. Let's see what your god can do compared to what my god can do. And so they get up on this mountain, and they uh, it's on Mount Carmel. And so they have this competition. They're like, okay, I want god. Well, let's see whose god can rain down fire from the sky onto this altar. And it, it's such a funny story. If you remember it, so Elijah. <laughs>
1: we had it just a couple of weeks. Was it
0: just a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it was just a couple of weeks ago. So. I, I love that story though because he mo- he's too. making fun of them. He's remember they're trying to call maybe these, all asleep. these priests. <laughs> maybe he's asleep, or maybe he went to the bathroom. Maybe your God is out to lunch or something. He's just mocking their God, which is
1: really funny. It, it was. I, it, it is funny, but at the same time, it's kind of cruel. But it's uh, totally cruel.
0: And so I I actually heard a homily when that was when that reading happened. It was up at Camp Uitua. Oh, okay. I but thought suggesting that was me. That, no, it wasn't you. But it was suggesting that, look, maybe Elijah wasn't totally in the right here. Mm. Like, he was on the right side, and he had the God who was faithful. But maybe the right move wasn't to be mocking the gods, and actually with, with kind of cruelty, because the fruit of it was sort of borne out. So they can't do it. Then Elijah, oh, he does this weird thing. He takes buckets of water. He pours it all over the altar just to prove, like, Look, I'm not just going to set this thing on fire. I'm going to drench it with buckets and buckets of water. Basically make soup out of it just to show that if this thing does catch on fire, it's only through the power of God. So he calls down God's fire. All these people witness it. The whole known world up there in the north basically sees this mighty work that the gods of Baal are nothing. They're worthless. And the God of Israel is the one true God who can do this act. And so Elijah's like, finally, my work is done. Everything's going to be great now.
1: And what happens? Do you remember? Does everyone convert? No, he has to kill them all. He says seize them and destroy them. He kills a lot of them. But then does everybody convert? 400 priests of Baal. Actually, I don't know
0: nobody converts that we know well maybe well, I, we just don't know but what does happen is that uh, Jezebel decides she wants to assassinate him
1: so oh then he has to run and go into hiding so he hiding. has to run going and hiding. that's actually why he's in a cave on the mount sinai that's
0: how he gets to where we are so elijah is sitting here thinking wait a second lord i have been faithful i'm the only one who's been faithful i've done everything you asked i've shown that you're the one true god what's the deal and now i'm hiding from my life i thought i was on the right side i thought you know, I thought we had a deal here. Why is nobody listening? Why does nobody care? Why is nobody being faithful? Why did nobody convert? Part of it is probably because he mocked them, which is not a good way to evangelize. But again, he's just saying, what did I do? And so the irony, I think, of this passage in which the Lord is not in this wind or this earthquake or this great strong fire is that what Elijah has just done is call down God's power in fire in front of everybody with the hopes that that great, mighty firestorm will convert the world. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Then all of a sudden he shows up on this mountain and there's all these mighty acts and these works. But how does God appear in the still, small voice? I think that's a lesson— for Elijah in light of what he's just done as much as it is for anybody. Does that make sense?
1: I was Boom. just thinking about this this morning
0: because I've dropped. never seen that reading that way Yeah, in light of the fact that Elijah just called down fire in God's name. And, and now and he's it didn't looking work. at the
1: fire and it's, it's, it's actually not as, as, um, as powerful in its speaking as- Because God's not a magician. Yeah. If God
0: wants to reveal himself that way, he will. He did on Sinai in the time of Moses, like you said. He did just a couple chapters before to the priests of Baal- but he's not just a magic trick. Oh, look, I'm going to do this you know, fancy card trick and everyone will be converted. No, that's not who God is. God can do whatever God will. Yes. But he shows himself. He speaks oftentimes in the whisper. And it's it's frankly, it's Elijah's life of prayer that's going to bear the only fruit that Elijah's life will really bear. Yeah. And, you know, there'll be this other guy, Elisha, who'll begin to follow him and learn from him. And, you know, his, his time with the widow of Zarephath, you know, these small... Seemingly small acts are the yeah. ones that bear the conversions and bear the fruit. It's not the big show in front of the hundreds of people. It's the small things, or the seemingly small things.
1: That's really a good insight. I don't think anybody who's driving in their car can hear us.
0: Maybe they can. Maybe they can. Okay. So, <clears throat> there you go. So, that's our first reading, which is a perfect segue, I believe, into Psalm 85. Have you, which, re- have you written
1: a segue recently? i wish i've never ridden a segway have you no but i really want to it's it's powered off the sterling engine which is a still small engine i wish they
0: didn't wear bike helmets i wish they just had cooler helmets (laughs) because i think the stupidest thing about people on segways
1: is the bike helmets they're wearing
0: (laughs) i think they should wear helmets but just cooler ones than that
1: i'm going to segway across the united states of america (laughs) dude so so speaking of segways the
0: worst would you be having a trailer behind you
1: i dude i would have a segway trailer Dude, that's the best ever. Dude, cuz wearing a backpack would be fee- fee- fatiguing on it. Fatiguing. Yeah, dude. It would fatigue the segway. I could wear fatigues on the segway and just get it all done with while it's being fatigued by your backpack. Right, we got to move on. This
0: is ridiculous. Move on. Father Peter and I haven't gotten to hang out much lately, so. No, so I, I think th- part of
1: us just wants to sit and hang out. I really do. But I we had, got we got business. We had a I had a birthday party on Sunday. A ber- birthday party? Did got you say a, birthday? A birthday party. I, I think <laughs> I did. That, Happy birthday, slugger. Hey, thank you, sir. And uh, and so we didn't get to hang out at my birthday party either. No. But and that so, was a fun party. It was a good party. I love my friends. Yeah. Hey, this is a shout out to all so, my friends. Hey, hey, friends. What's up, friends? Shout out. Hey, hey, friends. That's uh, okay. Actually, none of my friends listen to this anymore. No, that's not true. I know. Some I'm, of them do. I know. My brother does.
0: Neil. 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 Neil's like our biggest... Uh, do you call it advocate advocate that's the word see yeah. we are on the same brain pa- line.
1: paracletus Paracleo. he is one who walks with us yes he does and he, dude he was like trying to get us in cresta in the afternoon if for any of you <laughs> who might actually have media contacts we would be more than willing to go out and um and kind of make ourselves known and like uh, go do <laughs> some like appearances or something i don't know what, what do you think of that that's a great idea I, th- I mean i'm willing to do anything to hawk the gospel man Anything even, even if it even if it looks like um nope, even if it looks silly and yeah, absurd, no, yes, absolutely, which it usually does. Yeah. So Lord, let okay. us see your kindness and grant us your salvation, because Scott's in major need of it. I just want to get to the psalm.
0: So Psalm eighty five. No, I'm sorry. I'm antsy because I'm excited. Yeah, you got ants in oh, your pants, dude. I do. I do. Sort of. It's a big day. I'm back in the office from coming of with There's a lot of lot, lot of stuff.
1: I know, dude. We were like moving. We had like a meeting right before this. It was like yes. There was like a dude who had like sound effects in the back of the room when people made points. It was Matt. Yep.
0: Um, Okay. So Psalm 85, Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation, Mm -hmm. um, is the the struve. Psalm 85 is, so do you know this, that the the whole Psalter, so all of the Psalms are split into five books. Do you know this whole deal? Mm -mm. So you can divide the Psalter into five books. And actually, I think most of our Bibles do this. I'll start with book one. The book two. And if you – so five five books reminds us of what? The Torah. The Torah, the Pentateuch. And actually, if you read them all together, the Psalms – here's what I love about the Psalms. The Psalms give the entire story of the people of Israel in song form. It's all of salvation history in the form of song, the whole thing. Cool. And so you can follow the whole course of salvation history through the Psalms. Book three, which is smack in the middle of the Psalter. Is is the darkest of these uh, sections of the Psalter, the darkest of the five books, because it's the one that sort of tells the story of the division of the kingdom, you know, the decline of the kingdom of David, things getting ugly. And Psalm eighty-five is smack in the middle of that. And so, mm-hmm. traditionally, Psalm eighty-five was understood as as kind of a lamentation of people who felt abandoned by God. Oh, how how come you've broken the kingdom? Where are you? We trust you, but I mean, it says, Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation because we don't see your kindness and we don't feel your salvation. That's kind of the point of what this psalm is doing. We're in darkness. We don't see you. We want to, but you have to show us yourself. That's what the whole of Psalm 85 is sort of doing. So the idea of a psalm in in written by people who feel abandoned by God in light of the story of Elijah, who's standing on the mountain feeling abandoned by God, um, is, I think, really poignant. And, and the, the connection piece, because Elijah's, yeah. he's not disbelieving. And, so, and this is maybe the problem of our faith in the modern world. It's not a problem of disbelief. It's a problem of distrust. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not that Elijah doesn't believe in God. He does. He just doesn't know if he trusts him anymore. I think most people, I, there's even statistics that show this, most people believe that there's something out there, you know? Yeah. I don't think atheism is quite as big as, as the media sometimes suggests that it is. I think a very small percentage of people in the world or in our country are actually atheists. They believe in nothing. I think a lot of people believe that there's something, but the question is whether that something is either knowable or trustworthy or loving. Mm, yep. That's the bigger question, and that's yeah. what this psalm is doing. It's saying, no, we trust that you mm. are. We know you. We know that you're good. We just pray that you would show that because we're really struggling with it right now. Yeah. I lost my keys this morning. Dude. (laughs) And I started yelling at St. Anthony, which is probably not a good thing to do. (laughs) And I was like, and I was literally, I was just mad. And I was yelling, why won't you help me? But it was, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that, but there was no point where I was disbelieving.
1: Yes, But I was just mad. I was like,
0: well, you're supposed to help. I yeah. trust that you're there. What are you doing? <laughs> I need
1: help now. Yeah, it was kind of like when I was about to walk my Camino. I did a great holy hour in St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I walked out outside. I was super excited. I'm just about to walk a couple hundred miles. I missed the bottom step, twist oh. my ankle, and no, fall really? down on the ground. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I was like, St. Patrick, you are not my friend. I was like, no. Is that a quote I'm- from Samuel? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Father Brady stole a cupcake from Samuel. Well, I, I took, do you hear this story? My son Samuel, my three-year-old Arnie son, had a cupcake that he shouldn't have had, and so I took it out of his hands and I handed it to Father Brady. This was at the a, a party at the end of last year, uh-huh. and Father Brady, I didn't mean for him to be the scapegoat, but. Samuel just turned to him and said, Father Brady, you are not my best friend anymore.
1: <laughs> you are going to jail. <laughs> you are going to jail. Dude, I wish I would have thought of that part. You're going to jail, Patrick. Dude, I was like, I, but this is actually, I'm still like, you know what? St. Patrick, you have to make it up to me, man. Ooh. I'm like, like dude, I, I was like, you, I tanked right before, and I, my, my, my foot still hurts, sucker." So why you had to take the bus so much, dude. That's the truth. We need so many cheeseburgers. Dang, oh, dude! Did you just did you just attack nope. my cheeseburger? I did not. I love cheeseburgers. Hey, me too. Cheeseburgers you are good. I to chili for lunch. Nah, nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. All right. So the second reading is is, is
0: number two. No, that's good though. I, I think that's a good. That's. I think God also just wants our honesty. Quite frankly,
1: I think so too. I think He has
0: a great respect and love for that. It's well, matter of disbelief, but well, I mean, we can our, be frustrated.
1: Our, yeah, our work is to not be false. It's right. not to actually put up some sort of edifice or facade about what that's we it. really are, but to be true in the eyes of the Lord and to reach out from... The, that's why the psalm says, Lord, show yourself. Like, right. the right. psalmist struggles and has emotions about God's right. work because they have a relationship. You're not going to not have emotion about a relationship. Like, yeah, it just happens. And, and, and I think
0: God respects that because he wants... Our real selves. I think the worst thing that we have in the church is not people who are angry with God or who leave the church necessarily, although that's not good. But I think it's the people who probably hold a lot of resentment and anger or disbelief toward God and just go through the motions anyway. I'll just keep doing it because that's just my thing. And just living sort of these false lives, I think that's just a sad, sad thing.
1: Rather than digging in.
0: Yeah. And being like, I'm mad at you, God. I don't know how to deal with this. Right, because I, I believe he'll answer those.
1: So I speak the truth in Christ. Hmm. I don't lie. So this is the second reading, Romans 9.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't let Father Peter fool you. I
1: I am a scriptural
0: genius. Now, here's a very practical application from St. Paul of this issue. Right? (laughs) Sorry. So, brothers and sisters, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. For I could wish... For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites. There's the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, the promises. There's the patriarchs, and from them according to the flesh is the Christ, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. This passage alone doesn't give us enough context to know what Paul is talking about. What Paul is saying in chapter 9, chapter 9 I think is is maybe the pinnacle of the whole book of Romans, it's where Paul basically says, okay, I've laid out this entire argument of as to why Christ is what he says he is, mm-hmm. how he reconciled the world to himself um, everything God has reconciled our relationship with him, with ourselves, with the people around us, with the rest of creation. He's just laid out this entire thesis and now he turns to chapter nine and he says, so if this is true, what about the people to whom Christ came? What about our Jewish family? what about our what about our brethren? Mm-hmm. How come? So many of our Jewish friends and our Jewish brethren have not accepted the Messiah. And Paul turns in anguish, not in anger or anti-Semitism or anything like that, in anguish to say, okay, I don't get it. If he is the Savior who came to fulfill our Hebrew faith, who came among the Jewish people, how come so many of my own family members, he's saying, have not accepted him? And he's crying to God with anguish and with sorrow, saying, I believe in you, but I don't understand where the rest of my family is. Yeah. Which you almost, I mean, the second reading is always sort of the wild card reading, but I think it fits with this because it gives a very real world struggle. Yeah. Saying, why, God? I mean, we can say this, you know, just in the modern world, we can look at the Middle East and be like, why? Why are the people who, you know, you called out of the wilderness to give your covenants to, why are they at war with these other people? You know, why why did you allow Isaac and Ishmael to be born and fight together in the first place? Why, why, why? Yes. Because this whole thing, the whole war in the Middle East right now is a family struggle. And so I think the only honest thing to do is to say, God, why? Not try to fix it with easy political syllogisms or stuff, but to say, God, you can fix this. Where are you? Yes. Why not? Why aren't our Jewish brothers and sisters? Why aren't my Protestant friends Catholic? Why you know, are my family members, why don't they understand the faith? Why? It's not up to me to figure that out. It's up to me to ask you, God. It's up to me to pray my heart out to try to reconcile that because the only honest response is I don't get it. And I am sorrowful about this. I don't think we're sorrowful enough. I don't think we look, you know, you and I, we work at the university of Colorado, which is a crazy place. And I don't think I often enough look out at the university and say with tears in my eyes, why are so many people in such dire sin? Why don't they know you? Why are they so far from you why are there Why is there so much depression and anguish and using of other people? why? and with tears in my eyes, say that instead of saying, "Well, what idiots those people are, or what fools these people who disagree with me are, or what yeah. idiots those politicians are that's how that's our default in this country, isn't it? Yeah. man, those people are stupid, yeah, it instead is. of weeping and saying, why, why can't they be united with you when how long you know, yeah. And that's what Paul's doing, which I think is why it's so even, significant in light of these
1: readings. Well, even to the point of saying I, I for for I wish I was cut off. I was cut off. Like like that's I- a big... I- if it meant for their salvation, like which is actually funny, it's actually that's a very um Christological response. Yeah. It's like Christ's desire was to be totally cut off so that he yeah. could reconcile. Like to to actually go to those depths, and so Paul is actually like in this profound imitation and profound love, and the imitation of God, saying like, "I would do anything. I would I would be severed." And like, it's just really beautiful. Like, I think sometimes you accuse my heart um, in this Mm. to just say like, "I do," or God does. You do. I do. I mean, God through you. No, you you are the mouthpiece of the Lord. And Man. like he, but accuses me to say like, why don't? Why am I not saying why and mourning over the sin?
0: Yeah, it's a pretty uh, convicting problem that I have. I think that we all have, if we're honest. Yeah, yeah. Let's so let's go into the
1: the, the gospel
0: reading. I think that's a perfect segue though. That brings us to where are we? The gospel. So uh, the gospel from Matthew 14. We're literally just chipping through Matthew here. This is, we all know this story. After he had fed the people, so Jesus has just fed the 5,000 men, not including the women and children. He goes so off alone. Of people, goes off alone because he's right? had a big day. He just performed a huge miracle. Oh, remember, if you remember the beginning of that story, remember what was Jesus doing when sheep, the
1: 5,000 came? Sheep without a shepherd, he was healing their sick. No, he was trying to go away. Well, no, this is, he was, this, try- he was trying to go away to and, and, and to pray. Why? There was a
0: very specific reason. John the Baptist just got John killed. the Baptist, his cousin just died. And he's like, I just need some time. And they're like, nope, everybody's we, gonna follow have, you. And now you gotta feed him.
1: Sick, and 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 so he's like, you got make sick him all day. Yep. And now and that well, actually, that, that was the disciples' job. Well, the disciples' job was to serve it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they brought it. Well, yeah, to they, him. yeah, yeah. They true. brought him the five loaves and two fish. He he went to the heavenly realms and.
0: So he's got a lot going on, and don't forget, although Jesus is fully God, he's also fully man, which means Jesus actually got tired. So he's probably exhausted by this point, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's
0: tired, man. So he fed all the people. After he fed all the people, Jesus made the disciples. I love this. Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and proceed him to the other side. While he's so he's like, okay, everybody get into the in, get into the boat. He shoves the boat off. He's like, finally, now I can get some space. Yeah, he's, he's like, I'm going to go take a, into a walk. Boat and pushes them off.
1: He's like, I'm going to go up to the mountain by myself. He did. So he went up to the mountain by himself. to Oh, pray.
0: somebody else went to
1: the mountain by themselves to pray. Elijah. Oh, interesting. For different reasons, though. For different reasons. But I'm just making connectivities. No, it's huge.
0: No, it's huge, though. So when it was evening, there was he was alone. Meanwhile, so he's up there on the mountain. He just wants to pray. The disciples, meantime, are on the boat that he just threw them in and shoved them off, <laughs> off to sea. So they're in the boat a few miles offshore being tossed about by the waves. So the wind was against it during the fourth watch of the night. Do you know what time the fourth watch of the night is? Like 3 a.m.? It's between 3 and 6 a.m. So it's the Roman designation of, of times. So the fourth, what are you doing?
1: Oh, okay. I hurt my thumb. Oh, okay. I thought you were singling. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, like I, was, I, was doing, th- I was doing like head rolls with my thumb on my left hand because it was still a little bit hurting. Give me baseball signals.
0: <laughs> so uh, the fourth watch of the night. So it's the middle. It's like between 3 and 6 in the morning. Um, he came toward them walking on the sea. So they're flipping out. They're like, Jesus took off. We don't know where he went. There's a huge storm. We're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Everybody's, it's three in the morning. Everything's scarier at three in the morning. It's just because it's dark, it's night, it's freaky. They're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Jesus comes walking toward them. And when the disciples saw him walking in the sea, they were terrified and they thought that he was who do they think he is? A ghost. A ghost. Not Elijah. Oh, it's Elijah. No, it's a ghost.
1: It's like, come on, disciples. These dudes are like, they're a flagging man. They cried out in fear.
0: And Jesus spoke to them. He said, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now think about this scene for a second here. How do you, okay. Let me see if I can convey what's in my head. Okay. Because you're supposed to have your symbiotic connection. Okay. (laughs) So here's the disciples on the boat huge storm. So what do you expect is happening? So so what's happening in a huge storm? What do you got? Wind and rain. You got wind, you got waves, you got rain. What else? What do we have all the time in our storms in Colorado? Um, lightning. <laughs> huge lightning and thunder. Fire from the sky. So you have fire from the sky, oh. thunder, which is shaking. Oh. You have wind oh. blowing. You have all the components, oh. I think, of what's happening on Mount Horeb with Elijah. I just thought of that on the spot. Oh. Jesus is walking toward them. How do you think Jesus is speaking to them? In a quiet voice. I, don't, I mean, we don't know, but I like to imagine if we're putting ourselves in the Holy Ignatian meditation here. There's fire from the sky. There's earth-shattering thunder. There's wind. None of those are God. There is a man. There is God incarnate walking, speaking in a still, small voice to them. I think this is the epitome. This is the embodiment of what's happening to Elijah. And so he's, no, yeah. Uh, He said, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. He says, it is I, by the way. That's ego, I, me, in Greek, which is I am. Take courage, I am. Which
1: which brings us back to Sinai. It
0: does. That's where God first revealed the term I am. I am. That's good. Wow, that was really good. That's a good
1: connection, baby. Man, well, this is so cool because um, um, what's happening is that... um, Oh, isn't this what we're we're talking about? We're afraid that God has abandoned us. Yes, that's it. And, that's but but that the Jesus, because uh, like Jesus sends him off in the boat and they're like, what are we doing? They're like, they're kind of like way intense. And it's been a really, it's been an intense day for them too. They've got to be exhausted. Yeah. And they're like, but wh- where is our shepherd? Like yeah. our shepherd's not with us. But but what is Jesus? He's kind of like walking on the periphery of the boat, just kind of like <sighs> keeping watch over, there, over them. Yeah. He needs alone time, but he's keeping an eye on them. Presumably. I mean, he's doing a little surfing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wonder wonder what they thought, though, because he took off. He took off off, up a mountain. There's this huge storm. I wonder what they're thinking. And, again, I'm using my imagination, but I wonder if they're thinking, like, what if something happened to Jesus? Like, there's this huge storm. Maybe he's out in another boat. You know, maybe he's gone. What if he died? Yeah. And the reason I think that's a significant—again, it's my imagination, but the reason I think it's significant is because— Again, if we're going back to Sinai, what did the Israelites say? Moses went up on Mount Sinai. A huge storm broke out. He went up on the mountain. And what do all the Israelites below think? Mm. He's gone. What happened to him? He's dead. He's been destroyed. Now we're on our own. I wonder if the disciples have some sense of that same thing on the boat. He went up on the mountain. A huge storm came. He's gone. We don't know where he is. What Mm. do we do? Mm. I I don't know. I mean, who knows? But then he comes and... And he shows up and he says, "Don't be afraid." And and Peter speaks up, good old Peter. He says, "Lord, if it's you, if it really is you, command me to come to you on the water." A lot of people don't realize that that was Peter's idea to walk on the water. Isn't that kind of cool? It is. Like I always think of it in terms of Jesus called him out. No, Peter had an idea. He's like, "Let me, let me walk on the
1: water." (laughs) Yeah, which is funny. Which is actually a little bit like what the expression of Elijah was when he did the pro- the the prophetic showdown how how show um the uh demonstration of power oh mm. uh i actually my my thought is okay. it's it's actually still a little bit obscure i i i'm not articulating it well enough right. but like um but like the, this desire to experience the power of god okay yeah Oh, and because because well, what because yeah. because you had the prophetic showdown but then ultimately you have him kind of hurled up into a cave afraid oh. of the you're fire right. and all of these sorts of things and like the, the right. wind is really strong and but yeah
0: yeah you're right oh very good oh i like that yeah nice work man
1: you're having nice work, too. <clears throat> Thanks. Okay, but let's keep going. So uh,
0: so he has the gut. He's the only one with the guts to do this. He saw how strong the wind was. He became frightened, and he began to sink. And he cried out, lords, I love this. So we always give Peter a bad time for this, right? Because Peter, he always says, he does always do stupid things. And he's always he is sort of weak in his faith sometimes. But he's like, I know that you can make me walk on this water. So he does it. He gets freaked out, and he begins to sink. And the second he begins to sink, what does he do? Reaches out. He reaches out for the Lord, which is the only proper response. We're going to get freaked out. This is Peter's heroism. He, re- he does the only appropriate thing, which is realize I need to reach out. His, his like knee-jerk reaction is to reach for Jesus. I mean, how many times when we're in trouble or we're tempted by something or we're struggling is our knee-jerk reaction, I'm going to reach for the Lord. I'm mm. going to call it to Jesus. That's the first. I don't even have to think about it. That's what I do. Mm. I mean, I wish that was my knee-jerk reaction. You and me both. But that's Peter's. And this is what makes Peter a fitting first pope, right? Not because he had this brilliance or anything else or that he was courageous, but that, that was his mindset. He reaches for the Lord when he sinks, And, yeah, then Jesus says to him, oh, you have little faith. When <laughs> I doubt, totally jacks him. He kind of <laughs> jacks him a little bit. Which, I I mean, I I don't know exactly why Jesus chooses to say that. He does. See, here's the thing. Peter does doubt. He doubts that he can do what the Lord has asked him to do, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't doubt in the Lord. He doubts that the Lord has actually empowered him to do what he asked to do, which is precisely where Elijah is falling short. It's not that he disbelieves in God, right? It's that the Lord has given him a job to be his representative, to be his witness. Yes. The whole thing with the fire and the water sort of tanked. And he's like, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. He doesn't doubt God. It's
1: not what he do. doubts
0: that God is going to empower him to do the, the thing that he's asked him to do. That's precisely where Peter is, right? Yeah. It's so not that he's doubting or disbelieving God. He reaches right out for him. But he doesn't believe that God can actually make Peter do amazing things. Elijah has stopped believing that God can do things through Elijah. And we, how many times, forget that God is actually going to do something through me. Because if God is God... He's got the ability to actually transfer some of that grace to me so that I can do my job and do it well. Yeah. So, yes, when we fall, when we begin to sink, we got to reach out immediately.
1: Yeah. But
0: then we also have to recognize that, no, the Lord has actually given me a task and a vocation, and he's going to empower me to do that. And I think that's the
1: biggest common thread between Elijah and Peter in these two things. Yeah. And and actually, Paul— fits into this in, mm. in, in the sense of he is actually living some of the fulfillment of this of one who actually does trust yeah, yeah. even though it's yeah. just so painful because he's thinking a little bit on the short game yeah he actually doesn't see the the long game and like what is actually going to happen over all of time yeah. because of this fidelity and so there's yeah, I guess that's Dude, true. That insight is like phenomenal though, man. You are rocking my socks. They're
0: just showing up, man. God, yeah, they're it.
1: they're showing up and God gives the power, but then when we doubt that, it's really it's it wreaks havoc in our lives. That's true. And the and then and then we actually have to go into recovery mode. Yeah. Wow.
0: Interesting. Well
1: I <laughs> that no, I don't think there's much more to be said. I think that's it. Y'all, if you like what we do, um, consider supporting the, the, yeah, oh, the St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Center. Oh, yeah. Y- you can. Um, uh, there are ways to give. You could actually just go to thomascenter.org and, and uh, support. Uh, the. This is just one of the m- amazing works that we do at St. Thomas. And, and, and we
0: are just at the—well, we're getting ready to start the school year, so that's when we really kick into gear. So this podcast is a production of—well, you hear it at the end of every podcast, but we are produced by this organization that we have called the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought. Which does a lot of things. So, I mean, what we are, we're the intellectual branch of this ministry. So we do this podcast to help people get thinking. We have a bookstore. we got a library. We host classes and lectures and debates. And if you guys are local, this next year we've got so many exciting things planned.
1: Boy, this year. Um Ooh. A lot
0: of great lectures and debates. And we've got you know, theological discussions going on, pubs and classes. It's going to be an amazing year. So if you guys are interested, if you're local, you should go uh, become friends or like the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought Facebook page. And you can get our lectures, you can get classes and get flyers about upcoming events and all sorts of stuff. So um, we're part of them, so we're all family here. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are interested, if you're local, if you want to be part of things, or if you want to hear recordings afterwards of some of the lectures and classes that we do, um, or, check, 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 check or, it out.
1: Or if you want to uh, join the mission, I mean, just, like, this is the thing. Please it's join the, the mission. The mission. just a good mission. It's a good mission. Y'all are fresh, yo. <laughs> we do not doubt the work of the Lord nope. in, this, in this house. Nope. No, we don't. So we'll be back next week in this house. I mean, that's if you're really lucky and you're nice to us. Me or them? Yeah.
0: I'll be nice. Okay. Okay. Well, everyone, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Find us on Facebook, pin us on Pinterest, find us on Twitter.
1: And we're out. Record us on on your your voice, VHS player, and share us with Press Your Luck reruns. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Okay, bye.
0: The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week.